With thoughts of summer, many of us will be looking forward to long, enjoyable days in our gardens. And, of course, to another BBC Gardener's World live event, which returns to the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 15th to Sunday the 16th of June. Joining me to look forward to the event is Francis Tophill, gardener, presenter and author, passionate about the environment, conservation and sustainability. And last year, she had a pretty good Gardener's World live event by winning the best show garden in 2022. Francis, really good to uh, catch up with you. And I I do wonder whether or not um, the smile has left your face yet after that win last year. (laughs) There have been moments, you know, we all have moments (laughs) where we're not smiling. Yeah, no, to be honest, it hasn't really sunk in yet. It's been such a busy year. We all said post-COVID, didn't we? We're going to have a rethink and slow down. (laughs) That that hasn't happened. But um, yeah, no, it's been it's been a real whirlwind and I, I, I still kind of have to pinch myself when I think about it. It's, it was completely new for me last year. I'd never, you know, I've done sort of bits of design work to fill a winter when I had nothing else doing. Um, but I'm not a designer. I don't think of myself as a designer. So I was in a completely out of my element um, and I loved it, but it almost felt like an out of body experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was upcycling feature didn't it and and as many people uh, many people will remember rather a lot of those lovely Belfast sinks <laughs> yeah they really caused quite quite a splash if you pardon me um, <laughs> oh, nice one um <laughs> it was uh yeah it was an idea that I had um to kind of create well for wildlife the whole the whole concept of the garden was um to be as sustainable as possible and for me that meant a few things it meant firstly not buying things new so everything was either recycled or upcycled getting everything as locally as possible keeping carbon footprint down not wasting anything so that nothing was thrown away at the end of the show um but also the garden itself had to kind of showcase sustainable ideas and one of them is to provide habitat, as much different habitat for wildlife as possible. Um, and a key component of that in any wildlife garden is water. So um, having a water feature that was made out of completely recycled bits and bobs um, was just quite a fun idea. And, and the Belfast sink kind of evolved from that. I mean, there were also other things. There was a huge big water tank um, that actually was donated to us by Bob Sweet, who runs Gardeners World Live, the show he got out of his garden. Um, and um, uh, yeah, lots of other bits of water, but that was the kind of big centrepiece was this huge pond full of full of water and full of aquatic plants as well. Mm, it was an incredible garden. And I guess you're not competing this year. You're going to be going back as a visitor. You'll be having a keen eye on what your fellow garden designers are going to be coming up with. Yeah, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing the feature garden, which is by Paul Stone. Um, and that will be you know, directly comparable to, to my experience of it last year. But he's got, I understand, a very similar sort of remit of, of creating something that's based on Highgrove and the grandeur, but also because of the ethos of Highgrove to create something that's also incredibly sustainable. But it'll be really interesting to see his interpretation of that, which will be completely different, which I think is really great, actually, because it's really enriching to people's understanding. You know, my garden was sustainable and it looked almost post-apocalyptic. That was what it was meant to look. Um, And had a bit of mess in it, you know, that this will be a completely different thing 
mm. and um, and just show that you can be sustainable and you can be environmentally friendly and wildlife friendly, but still pick an aesthetic that you enjoy. It doesn't have to look a certain way. Thousands of visitors come to the NEC each year for Gardeners World Live, and every year there are new people who come to the show, Francis, those people who have picked up uh, the, the love of gardening perhaps in, uh, in the months previous. What can they expect when they come to the show? Um, it's a really unique show, actually. I think from Gardeners World Live you can expect a massive information if you want to soak it up there's loads of different stages there's talks happening on all of them um you could just kind of go around all the stages and just hear all the different people and experts talking about their field and really absorb knowledge um, and because it's quite a sort of small and compact show you can really fit a lot of that stuff in um but i would say also gardeners world live is really kind of a show for everybody there's no elitism i know that a lot of flower shows can be accused of that um being a little bit out of touch sometimes with real gardeners and the affordability for normal people that gardeners world live is very much not that you know it's for everybody it's easily accessible um there's loads of ideas show gardens borders you know lots and lots to see um, and lots and lots to learn and lots and lots of stalls and lots and lots of plants <laughs> and lots and lots of people to kind of ask questions of, you know, on their stalls. So I think for new gardeners, it's probably the perfect show to come to. Also, the floral marquee is is quite something, isn't it? And and I think one of the yeah. best bits of advice somebody gave to me when the first show I went to is, was get yourself one of those little pull-along trolleys on the little wheels because you will buy and buy and buy as you go around the show. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Although with my BBC hat on, I should say, no, don't do that because the wheels make a very loud noise and we have to stop filming every time someone walks by with a trolley. Ah, now you've t- we'll touch on the filming in, in a second because that's been a great development for you, hasn't it? But um, thrift, first of all, thrifty gardening is a big theme um, this year. I love the phrase thrifty gardening. It, it makes me smile. It's nice, isn't it? Um, what tips have you got from people who might be wanting to get into garden gardening, make their gardens look good develop some sort of a design but need to to take care of the pennies yeah i mean there's lots and lots of ways you can grow without spending thousands of pounds um it's uh it's having said that's very easy to accidentally spend thousands of pounds on things you didn't think you needed but um you know gardening itself the natural world is a magical thing and it wants to it wants to grow. You know, when you look at lots of TV makeover, gardening makeover programs, um, and also lots of show gardens, it gives you the impression that you need to have really big plants and they have to be really close together and fill the space. But actually, you can create a beautiful garden which can look more successful, but you just need to give it a few years. So I think with thriftiness comes patience buy smaller plants or buy one big healthy plant and divide it and then plant it in your garden as sort of Mm. three or four and over a couple of years you won't be able to see the difference from if you'd bought one really massive one or a few really massive ones but you definitely will save yourself an awful lot of money because even plants are incredibly expensive there are, will be people who don't have a garden and use a, a patio or a decking area, whatever it might be, and therefore use containers. And luckily for mm. them, you've published a book <laughs> about container gardening, haven't you? What are your favourite things that, uh, and suggestions for people who want to take up container gardening? Well, I'm a real advocate for growing in containers, actually, but partly through necessity. You know, I've I've had 
rented houses or shared houses and just like live with other people and had a small part of a courtyard that I had to get, grow everything in and then you don't want to plant things because as soon as you move you take them with you again there are lots and lots of good reasons that people have to grow in containers but there are also lots and lots of good reasons that you might want to so for example if you have really poor soil you can get a container and you can fill it with lovely rich compost and you can grow something that you might have always wanted to grow so as a kind of botanist I love containers because I can change the conditions I have in my garden because all I have to think about is the conditions I have in one container if something needs a lot of drainage I add lots of gravel if something needs lots of water you know you can cover up the holes at the bottom and make it sort of drain a lot more slowly and change the soil that you're putting in the pot you can also put things indoors for the winter so you can grow really tender things that you wouldn't be able to keep out in the garden and just bring them in um so there's a lot of reasons why growing in containers actually broadens your horizons as a plant lover rather than narrows them which i think they've often been thought of as doing Mm. have you got a favorite you're looking forward to for this year or something new that you want to try growing yeah, I've actually bought myself this winter um, an almond, oh. um, a patio almond and a patio apricot um, where I where I grew up in Kent. Um, and then I've, I've moved around a lot, lived in Scotland, lived in the southwest. But I spent another, a couple of years, a, a couple of years ago, um, living back in with my mum and having a bit of a rethink. And where my mum is, where I grew up, um, there's orchards just behind her house. And in amongst them, there's an apricot orchard. It's a kind of experimental one to see if they would survive in our climate. So every year, we're allowed, you're allowed to pick the ones that fall on the floor. So we always gather a few apricots. And so it reminds me of home. And I wanted to try growing one for myself. And there's a patio apricot and a patio almond that have been bred that's supposed to be much more hardy um, than previously thought of and incredibly high yielding, apparently, for something that is just in a pot on a dwarf rootstock. Um, so I'm trying it. It's a Sibley patio almond and a Sibley patio um, apricot. So that's, wow. for me, they're a first for this year in containers. And I'm hoping to get really high yields, possibly not this year, but maybe next year or the year after for sure how exciting um, is yeah. that that's great yeah isn't it I, it's always lovely i think when somebody who's got as much experience of horticulture and botany and gardening and, and things as you have you get passionate about those new things as well if if there's one thing that can get me chatting it's <laughs> <once>. <laughs> Fantastic. BBC (laughs) Gardener's World Live is back at the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 15th to Sunday the 18th of June. The brilliant Frances Topper will be there on Saturday the 17th and Sunday the 18th. Do go and see her. And there's more information on the website at bbcgardenersworldlive.com where you can also book the all-important tickets. Frances, it's not going to be long now until we get to the show. And I know at that show, once again, as you've already mentioned, you'll be doing some filming with BBC Gardener's World. That's been um, an interesting development in your career, hasn't it? Yes, it's been a, a real curveball, I would say. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, sometimes it's a mixed blessing, you know, because I went, I, I left university thinking I'm going to become um, a botanist, conservationist. I was imagining myself on some hillside counting mosses or ferns and monitoring their survival in the wild. And you just can't have a career like that and then just disappear and go like, sorry, I just need to be away for a few weeks and do some filming. So I've, I've sort of had to shape my gardening career to accommodate my filming because 
you can't not do it when the opportunity is given to you, can you? You have to just ride the wave and see where it goes. Um, but it's been quite a kind of nice surprise, really, because I found myself working a lot of jobs like um, zero hours contracts where I'm able to have the flexibility to disappear and do filming in the summer. Um, so like community garden projects and food growing projects and working with mental health charities and working with adults with learning disabilities and all those sorts of roles that I never expected I would have. And I absolutely love. So it's 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 tricky to marry gardening and filming. But for me, it's essential that I do because I couldn't just do filming. I need to also always be a gardener at the root of it all. But I, it was never something I planned. It took me completely by surprise. Every year I think, right, this is probably going to be the last year because they probably won't want <laughs> me back. But I'm going to enjoy it. And then, yeah, it's just kind of gone on and on and gone from working with Alan Titchmarsh on Love Your Garden to then working on the gardener's world, which I used to have to watch as my homework when I was an apprentice gardener. You know, it's it's quite mad when you think about it, really. <laughs> what a great life you have. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard work. <laughs> I don't want to sell it too long. You know, it's a it's seven days a week usually, but it's but I, I enjoy it as long as I get a holiday every now and again. <laughs> Absolutely. Francis, really good to catch up with you to look forward to BBC Gardeners World Live Summer Show. And of course, I should mention that actually at that show, you get entry into the Good Food Summer Show as well. So ticking two huge boxes there. Um, so we'll look forward to that. But for now, Francis Topill, many thanks. Thank you.